0: This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show.
1: You were looking good after. You had a yeah. red hat on. I didn't have a hat on. Red suit, red tie, even red loafers. No.
0: Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. <laughs> According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. James Kinnaman a three for the tie. Off the backboard the good! James Kinnaman makes it in! Off the buzzer and we've got Overton! Everything happening in the sports world. Crawford eight, Crawford's got a hurry! Up! Oh! no. Oh! And even some things not happening in the sports world.
1: You're, you're the bitter end. I'm the bitter man, I guess. <laughs> not the better man, the bitter man.
0: Now it's time According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell.
1: Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE or for those of you listening online worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson and for the second day in a row wearing his. Independence Bulldogs orange. Yeah. Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon.
2: I have a lot of orange because, you know, from, you know, represent, you know, in honor of my high school.
1: That's right. I've got a lot of orange in my closet as well. Yeah. Being a former Baker Wildcat, being a former Mighty Olathe East Hawk. Righty. They're not just a regular Hawk.
2: They're the Mighty. They're
1: Mighty. Yeah. But you've worn a lot of orange lately. I get some grief every now and then that I don't wear enough red. I don't I, see you wear a lot of red. I have
2: a lot of red, but I don't, you know, I just, I wear it to games and stuff, you know, but I don't really wear it that much else.
1: Steve, you sound very excited today. I'm very excited. I think you got to perk up a little bit. I am. You're saying, well, I wear red sometimes. <laughs> Every now and then I'll wear a little red Well, just, I'm just, I'm kind of. you got to get yourself going, Steve.
2: I'm, I'm kind of dragging a little bit today. Why is that? For some reason, I keep wake, waking up about 5.30 in the morning. I don't need to be up Why don't you that go early. back to sleep? I try. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't.
1: <laughs> and then you, what do you do? You sit there. You drink coffee. You Oh, I don't do walk coffee. Walk the dog. I don't do coffee. I don't have a dog. It sounds like a rough life that you live. I do. I'm I, surprised that you're not worn out yesterday, Steve, from the McPherson Pipeliners baseball game that you and I were covering. That was... Uh, That's enough to wear you out. That game wore me out. It really did, so...
2: Pipeliners were home yesterday afternoon. It was a interesting game. The wind, of course, blowing out. Anytime the wind blows out and for those that don't know, Light Capital Diamond is not really conducive for college baseball. Right. And when the wind blows out, it kinda of turns into a shooting gallery. And seventeen fifteen was the final yesterday. The the pipeliners were down twelve three. Early and th- fast. Three and a half innings into the game. They were down twelve three. They come all the way back. They take a 14-13 lead in the eighth inning. Unfortunately, their closer was not available. I talked to the uh you know, coaches after the game. Uh he warmed up. Wasn't the arm wasn't responding. Uh he'd pitched in relief. Jake Selko, he'd picked uh he'd uh pitched in relief a couple nights earlier. His arm hadn't, you know, he hadn't pitched in a long time. His arm hadn't bounced back. He'll be ready probably today, but they didn't have him. If he was able to close the game, he probably would have. So uh, they tried to stick with a, a reliever that had already thrown four and two thirds innings or four innings uh, and had a guy that hadn't pitched in a month, kind of ran out of gas. Then they brought another reliever in and uh, ended up being, uh, looked like it was going to be a one run game for. for uh, uh, the team they were playing, uh, clear. Um, I'm sorry, Goddard, and then on strike three, the batter missed the ball so bad, it, the pitch was way outside, the batter swung and missed. It was so far wide, it got past the catcher, and two runs came in because it was, a, I believe, a three-and-two count, and the runners were going with the pitch. So two runs scored. Pipeliners did score a run in the bottom of the ninth, make it a two-run game, but Raleigh ran out of steam. So 21 walks. Seven hit batters, seven four hit batters in one inning, and nine errors. <laughs> three in a row, and nine errors by the two teams combined. So it was definitely we saw a lot of pitches. I think if I had a dollar for every three and two count there was in the game, that I could go to the casino and uh, you know play the slots. But.
1: Uh, Long game, entertaining game, wildly entertaining game. Well, when you score 32 runs when the final score was 17-15, to it gets a little crazy. It's funny.
2: Somebody asked me in the press box what the over-under was going to be, and I said at the start of the game, I saw the wind blowing out. I said 27, and everybody kind of laughed. Nobody was laughing at the end of the game. I
1: thought they'd stay under. I thought that it could crack 20. Yeah. But 27 is a high number when it comes to baseball. Well, right
2: now, the, the Pipeliners have more talent than they had last year, but the big problem is throwing strikes. And that's what I've, you know, having covered this league now for two years, the pitchers in this league really struggle scoring strikes. There's some good velocity. Velocity is up. There's a lot of hard, and that's the other thing. Everybody throws hard, but it's the guys that can throw a little bit of a breaking ball or change up that are going to be successful. I think we've I've seen three home games now, and I think the number of walks – About the least number has been 15 total between two teams, and that makes for three-hour-plus games.
1: Well, Steve, you're a baseball purist, and I'm a a baseball guy that played for a long time. And when I can think back to when I was younger and what some of our strategies were in games and when I'd hear from coaches on our teams and other coaches from the college ranks and the lower-level minor league ranks, one thing that was always an emphasis, throw Strikes first pitch strike. first pitch strikes, and I bet work the, ahead. I'll bet yesterday, at
2: least for the pipeliners, they didn't have more than four or five first pitch strikes. It seemed like their pitchers were working from behind all the time, they battled back, they did a good job of battling, but uh, just too many walks, too many hit batters, and it was the same thing on the other side, right? Uh, actually, uh, Goddard had more walks, had a few less, the hit Kansas batters. curve, the Kansas curve, yeah a new team, and they had guys that really could throw hard. But, again, you've got to be able to throw breaking balls. And, and right now, in this league, I just don't see that. Now We haven't seen Liberal yet. We haven't seen Hayes yet. i got a feeling they'll have some dudes that can
1: break a few off. Well, and it's not just doing it in, in terms of the percentages at the plate because you can look at charts and graphs that say, when you throw a first pitch strike, the batter's odds of hitting go down this. When they get ahead in the count 1-0, their batting average jumps up to this. and It's a really big indicator on what's going to happen, but also, you have to think about the people that are standing out there in the outfield, right. standing there along the infield and saying, gosh, will this guy ever throw a strike? It's part of the the mental side of baseball. Right. And I think baseball has a lot of physical things to it, but... There is the mental side, too, that it is real easy if you're picking dandelions out in left field and waiting for your pitcher to throw a strike that you tune out a little bit.
2: Yeah, and uh, I just feel like we haven't seen the best pitchers they've got yet, at least at the home games. Their best pitcher uh, supposedly is throwing today. They're on the road this afternoon at Park City, and hopefully they can get a, their first league win today. They, they're they two 2-2. and two. The Pipeliners off to a 2-2 two and two start, but uh, – they got some really good kids. Uh, love this. Daniel Arroyo plays shortstop and third base. You're a big fan of him. Big fan of him. Little guy. Uh, got on base five times yesterday. I think he got on base four times uh, in the game Saturday night. Really does a good job of getting on base. Uh, Jake Selco, he's already a, a fan favorite. Um, you know, he hit a home run his very first time up. And the words apparently gotten out on him because teams are really not, ever since that first game, seems like every team is pitched away from him. He's not getting – you know, he's not getting – he's walking a lot. He's getting on base a lot, but he's not getting to put his bat on the ball. Then, you you know, Tyler Brown from uh, Central Christian College, he had a three-run bomb yesterday, dead away center field. I was actually surprised there weren't about ten home runs in that game, though,
1: because – Well, nobody could hit. They <laughs> yeah. kept getting walked or Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they
2: were. But there were a lot of balls. The One of the three home runs in the game, uh, a kid named Peters – For the curve, hits a ball to left field. Frank Yakovich, for the Pipeliners, goes back to the fence. He's got the ball in his glove. He runs into the fence, and it just
1: plopped over the fence, dropped out of his glove. It's an easy way to get a home run. Yeah. The Jose Canseco route. Yeah, at least it didn't hit him in the head. That's a good thing. Well, Steve, it was a long day yesterday with that game. Plus, I was bouncing around a little bit. I was watching girls' basketball practice. And you'd been to football practice. I'd been to football in the morning. I was watching the boys' basketball team play in their summer league. It felt like we were back into the swing of things. Oh, and, yeah. And I know that we probably wish it was later July that there's this 40-day window. You may wish it's late July. I, for one, have- You enjoy your time off? I, need to, I like to be busy, Steve. I
2: need to decompress, though. I, June is my favorite month of the year because... You've got the Swinging Bridge. I got the Swinging Bridge next Your week. Your favorite golf tournament. That's right. I'll be gone toward the end of next week. you got the U.S. Open golf tournament going on. you got Summer League basketball the entire month of June for McPherson High and all the area... All, I think all the area schools are... I haven't looked... At the list yet, but I think most of the area
1: schools... A lot of them are in the one at, at McPherson College. Right,
2: right. Now, I didn't see... Is Heston on the list this year? I didn't. They are. Okay, Heston's there. So, uh, um, I think
1: Mound Ridge is playing. Mound Ridge is not. Well, they are in a different league, but not the main one that was playing but last night. But I'm saying night. in
2: the McPherson College Summer
1: League. Well, they're not in the one that was playing last night.
2: But I'm, what I'm saying is they are playing here in town at some point.
1: At some point, yes. Yeah, okay. They're in
2: the lower division. Right. And then you got Canton
1: Galva, I think, has got a team. Maybe in the lower division. Elyria? Elyria was there. I saw them. Coach Goodrich. Okay. He had his guys looking good. Two Toms? Don't know about them. Okay. Haven't seen them. Okay. Um, I know Little
2: River's in it because I watched them the first night. That's Jay- right.
1: Jaden Garrison. Coach Rolfs. He can play. Jaden Garrison can play. So it's been a, a busy time while also being kind of a relaxing time. So besides your golf watching and your golf tournament playing, is there anything else you enjoy doing in June? Anything else in June besides just sitting there? I always seem to play it. Got the city golf tournament. Well, besides you're playing in a golf tournament and watching golf. Yeah. Anything else you like to do?
2: Um, or is that about it? Work on my tan. I like to sit. I like to get my lawn chair, sit out in the back, read a book, <laughs> catch some rays. I don't think I've ever seen you do that. Oh, I,
1: I do that. Trust me, I do that. <laughs> I don't really see you as, as an artif well a tan guy. What about an artificial tan?
2: No, I'm Italian. I mean, look at my you know skin. I got Italian skin.
1: <laughs> All right, Steve, whatever you want to say there. All right, let's take our first break when we come back. The Royals made a big pick last night in the 2019 MLB draft, and what some have said could be a franchise-changing player. We'll talk about him next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, I know that you are an avid fan of the MLB baseball draft. You were checking up on all the different players, who is going to go number one, who is going to go number two, and probably most importantly, the top three in this draft. I basically
2: was checking the top 10 because that's all I've been following is the top
1: 10. So you're not worried about the top 100 or who the Royals are going to pick in the 37th round?
2: The first pick is all that matters to me.
1: Well, their first pick is one that many people are saying could be one of the best players the Royals could have in this entire class, but maybe one of the best Infield prospects, hitting prospects that they have had in quite some time, and that was Bobby Witt Jr., Jr. the number two pick. Now, did you know that Bobby Witt Sr. was also a top three pick in the yes. MLB draft? Yes, he, was a, he wasn't even the number two pick. I think he was number two. I, I know it was top three.
2: Well, he uh, had a real good career, tremendous pitcher, big curveball, I remember. Uh I know he was with the Rangers a long time. I don't know. I don't remember him really pitching for other teams, but he probably did. I mean, nobody hardly anybody in baseball stays with the same team their whole career anymore, but but uh Royals had the second pick. This is the third time I believe they've had the second pick. And uh, their other number 2 picks were Alex Gordon. That worked out pretty well. Yeah. I think, what, 2005 maybe? He would have been in the 2005 draft. And then Mike Mustakas in 2008, I believe it was. Seven or eight. Seven or eight. In there. Yeah, Hosmer might have been eight. I think Mustakas was seven, Hosmer. Hosmer was a number three pick. But when you get the one or two or three pick, you can't miss. You cannot hit a dud. You have to hit a guy that's going to be a, a player for you for 10 or 15 years. And, you know, I've been watching the lead. I was watching the lead up to this draft for about a week, and the consensus of the scouts on the show was the top three picks in this year's draft may have been the
1: best three at the top of the draft in in the history of the draft. You had Adley Rutschman, who is a switch-hitting catcher from Oregon State, right. who I might add, Steve, lost in their regional that they were hosting as the defending national champions okay. to Creighton. Okay. they were bounced in two games.
2: Surprised it wasn't the Arkansas Razorbacks.
1: Well, they they don't mess around in the regionals. They just make it to super regionals and okay. they'll host and okay. they sell it out in in ten hours. Okay, which they've done this weekend. Okay, but you had Ad- Adley Rushman who beat Arkansas in the College switch World hitting, Series. I think he's a switch inning catcher. He is, and I got to see a lot of him last year at the College World Series. Sounds
2: like a lot like Matt Weiders.
1: Yes, and uh, Matt Weiders has had a nice
2: career. He's a St. Louis Cardinal now, of course,
1: and then. The Royals ended up taking Bobby Witt Jr. at number two, but I saw this comparison, Steve, and I want to know what you think. One of the MLB Network insiders was talking about the draft and talking about the pick that the Royals made, and he said, I'm going to make a bold statement here. Ooh, pistol hot take. And he said that Bobby Witt Jr. is going to do for the Kansas City Royals what Patrick Mahomes has done for the Kansas City Chiefs. You think that's a pretty big statement? Bold. Bold and beautiful. (laughs) Now, some of you might have heard that Bobby Witt Jr. was a high school shortstop, and some of them might be saying, well, why would the Royals go draft a shortstop if they've got Adalberto Mondesi? Well, you have to remember, too, that most of the time, your best infielder at the high school level is a shortstop, meaning that Bobby Witt Jr. could end up being... A third baseman, right? He could go the Alex Gordon round and eventually be in the outfield. He could be a center. You, you never know what could happen with and him. And the other
2: theory could be Bobby Witt Jr. probably in four years will be with the big club if he's as good as you know they say he is. And in four years, Alberto Mondesi will probably have priced himself out of Kansas City and moved on. Yeah, who knows? He probably go free agent route because that'll make Mondesi about a six year player by then. And uh, he would be, he's 23 now, so that makes him 27, prime of his career. You think he's going to want to stay in Kansas City? I don't think so. Now, back to
1: this Patrick Mahomes comment. What kind of impact would Bobby Witt Jr., what what would you have to think he would do in order to have a Patrick Mahomes impact on the Kansas City He would have
2: to put up numbers similar to Manny Machado or Alex well, maybe not quite. Aired. Well, how soon? Yeah, I would think by the time he's twenty-five years old. Okay, but I think I don't think the Royals drafted this guy to come up when he's twenty-five. They drafted him. Hey, Mike Trout was up at twenty.
1: You know, 21. Bryce Harper I think was up at nineteen. Bryce
2: Harper was at nineteen. If this guy is as
1: good as they say he is, he should be there in three years. He should be there when he's twenty-one. Do you think you've seen a rise in MLB players that have been getting to the big leagues quicker. I do. It, it feels it's like kinda, to me. It's kind of like it's it.
2: kind of like rookie quarterbacks. Remember when rookie quarterbacks used to be drafted? They never played the first year. Right. You sat with a clipboard. Aaron Rodgers. You sat so- behind Brett Favre. You soaked it all in. That's gone. Caution. You know, teams are throwing caution to the wind now. They're just throwing them out there. I mean, look. Josh Rosen got thrown out there. Look what happened to him. See he, you later. Yeah.
1: One year. He's in Miami. See, you wouldn't want to be you. Now, one thing that I think can add to that is let's just take Bobby Witt Jr. and compare him to whoever the best shortstop in the class of the 1989 MLB draft, so 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Bobby Witt Jr. has probably been exposed to more scouts, played in 10 times the amount of games in his career than the best shortstop that was taken in that draft was simply because not only the high school baseball product in terms of how many games you play in your high school spring season has probably gone up, but let's say I don't, I don't know who the draft would have been. Let's say his name was Mike Smith in 1989. Mm -hmm. That guy probably only played a handful of games, American Legion ball in the summer while Bobby Witt Jr. has been going to scouting combines and he has been playing in, Massive club tournaments where people are seeing him. He is playing a ton of more games. He is seeing more at bats. He might even be playing in a winter league. That simply he's playing more, and when people he was, are playing and when he was more, five
2: years old, he was hanging around the clubhouse at Texas. He's he right. knows what the major league game is all about. And I
1: think simply just playing more helps, and we see this at the NBA level too, and the NBA players that there are a lot of nineteen-year-olds that are ready to go in the NBA. Yeah, because they played hundreds of games in the summer. Let's just take it back to the 70s. Ooh. Who would have been the best player coming out? In the, let's say Magic Johnson. Okay, Magic Johnson, I don't know if he played high school football or any other high no. school sports, no. but he played his 25, 30 high school games, maybe played a little pickup in the summer, maybe got to go to an extra tournament with some team. But that was all that was the norm at that point in the mid to late 70s. Now, when you look at any high school player, even if they're not very good, they are playing a ton of games over the summer. They are going to different places. They are being around more scouts. They're just playing more and more and more and starting at a younger age. And so these people are a little bit more prepared. And I think especially, you've mentioned people like Josh Rosen and quarterbacks in the NFL, being able to be ready at a younger age do you think that Joe Montana played in a lot of 7-on-7 summer camps? No. Do you think Joe Montana received a lot of one-on-one individual training as a quarterback while when, he was in junior high?
2: When Joe Montana was in high school and junior high, you played the football season and then you
1: moved on to the next season. Then you maybe went and played basketball or right. got ready for wrestling. Yeah. It was just different. Yeah. And I think that's why we are starting to see younger players being ready to go at a younger age.
2: Well, just look at the summer here. I mean, look at the summer. McPherson High football camp, basketball camp, boys' basketball camp last week, girls' basketball camp this week. They play in leagues. You know, they're playing in the summer. They play in tournaments. I mean, it's no longer in season, and then your season's over, and, and you don't even pick up a basketball until November. That's not the way it works anymore.
1: When you got to town all the way back in 1954, was that when you got here? 16. 1916. 1916. Yeah. But whenever you got here, what was the summer football program there like? Wa- there wasn't one. It was maybe go work out yeah. if you want. Throw,
2: go to the swimming pool and and th- throw a football there in the next to the swimming pool and run some pass patterns with your buddies. That was about it.
1: And part of that, it's not like that's just a McPherson thing, that the program is better and that they're doing more. But that's a a nationwide thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that you can see, if you go to any high school in the state of Kansas, that there is a summer program. Now, some are different than others. When you are at a bigger school, you you have some more opportunities. Summer weightlifting wasn't even a thought
2: back when I was in high school.
1: Well, now that is a focal point of every high school football program is that summer mornings, Monday through Friday, you are coming in and working out. That's right. And It's not only good for you, but I think it's it's good for just your, your life exactly. to have these types of programs and not have to sit at home and do nothing. Right. I don't think anybody gets a whole lot better from... Get off those video games. That's what I say. I'm not saying that you can't ever play them, but you're not getting yourself better for football.
2: Yeah, but just don't play video games eight hours a day. I mean, that's
1: crazy. Why not? You'd stay up all night. What kind I of worked, video game do you think you would be good at? I worked at? when I was a kid.
2: My parents told me as soon as I hit 12, son, you're getting a job. Well, I,
1: they sent you out to the construction site and you were doing a bunch of hard labor, weren't you?
2: I, no, I didn't. I worked for the Recreation
1: Commission. You sat at a baseball game and said, I kept score. Now batting, number seven, I did. Billy. <laughs> I,
2: got, I got paid $5 a game. Ten dollars a night, and I worked five nights a week. Fifty dollars. I, I had more money than any any twelve year old probably in Independence.
1: I bet you really went around town and spent it too. Oh, I did. I bet you've still got that money. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's no way that you. I you've think spent I still it. have the
2: first dollar I ever made. I'm not surprised. Back about when that. I was like six.
1: All right, Steve. I want to have one more conversation about the quarterback position, but a little bit more local note. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Steve, I opened up ESPN.com earlier today, and I saw a name that many people around the state of Kansas have grown used to seeing the last couple of years, but... We're starting to see this name more in the national landscape. Do you have an idea of who I'm talking I about? I have no idea. Well, there was a quarterback for Blue Valley North the last couple of years, Okay. Graham Mertz, okay. who is playing at Wisconsin yeah. this upcoming year. Right. And the headlines that I have been reading about this young man, who six months ago was playing high school football here in this state, have been pretty impressive for somebody who is... 18 years old. Not only did he win a state championship at Blue Valley North one year, he was also the MVP of the All-American game that he played in this past offseason. Okay. And I'm starting to see his name pop up more and more and more. And that the headline today on ESPN is that Graham Mertz is Wisconsin's most hyped quarterback since I don't Russell Wilson.
2: Oh, he was, he was a one-year... I, I he of, was a grad transfer. See, I don't think of Russell Wilson as Wisconsin's quarterback because he played most of his career at NC State. He was a one-year wonder at Wisconsin.
1: But Graham Mertz... Did you know that he was the number one ranked pocket passer coming out of high school? Impressive. Did you know that he's the number 21 overall recruit... I did not know that. In that that class? I did not know that. It's weird sometimes for me to think of some of the Kansas players to be like that.
2: Yeah, because they just. Normally, Kansas players just don't uh, draw any kind of rating from the national
1: observers. One, especially to have a quarterback of that type of a caliber go to Wisconsin. Yeah. And a program that doesn't have big time quarterbacks roll through. They typically have some left handed guy that. Maybe you don't know a whole like lot Cook,
2: about Hornybrook. Hornybrook, yeah, whatever. Well
1: that guy transferred whatever Mertz walked through the door. Wow. I'll be interested to see what happens with and, and I like to follow he, the Kansas is he, kids. Is
2: he more hyped than Drew
1: Locke? Probably by oh, a lot. Okay. Do you mean as of right now with Drew Locke on the Broncos? Right. No, no, no. I mean You mean when Drew Locke when was Drew going Locke to Missouri? was
2: coming out of high school. Was he this hyped going way to way more.
1: This Mertz is way more. Okay, okay. He's the number one pocket passer, according to ESPN. Okay. So it's fun to follow players that you got to see at the high school level, make their transition to college. And by the way, these things are looking and the headlines are reading, it could be a professional guy. But do you remember any other Kansas football players that had this same amount of hype surrounding them?
2: David James. When he was at KU, coming out of I think he was Bonner Springs, back in the 70s. He, when KU landed David James, he was the most hyped guy, I think KU had ever had, and he lived up to it. He got him into a couple bowl games, I think. Had, he had all the KU passing records for a long time.
1: What about more recently?
2: More recently,
1: oh, I really because I don't know David James.
2: Yeah, I, I can't think of really. What t- about Blake Bell? Or, uh, Blake Bell? He was.
1: Highly regarded, ended up being a tight end, though. Right, but, I mean, he was playing quarterback in college. Yeah,
2: yeah, he was. The but, bull
1: belldozer. Right, but th- does that have the same impact that you think this has oh, been? Oh, no. This, this it's not got, even close? Not, this has got a lot more impact, it sounds like. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the quarterback position and how it helps to continue to go 7-on-7. Seven seven. The Bullpups played Graham Mertz in 7-on-7 seven seven in a camp last year, Ooh. and they did not win. I didn't think they would. That That, that is a pretty sharp group there as they finished – in the top two of 6A the last two years. Yeah. All right, Steve. We had to make our way through today with a little bit of a light day. Tomorrow, I want to talk about the NBA Finals, game number three coming up tomorrow night. Yep. Are you excited yet?
2: I already know who's going to win, so I guess I'm not too <laughs> excited, but I know who's going to win tomorrow
1: night. We'll talk about that tomorrow night. Later on this week, we want to talk with Gabe Hoover, f- former McPherson McPhersonite Bull- Bullpup, who'll be playing in the Shrine Bowl coming and he, up this weekend. Is
2: week, he coming now. in
1: when? We're going to have him on on Friday. Okay. So we'll do that as well. I thought,
2: isn't is this week the Shrine Bowl or next it week? It is. Well, wouldn't he be It are you going to do it on the phone?
1: It might be the magic, Steve. Okay. The magic of not in person. I see that. But we'll see. All right. All right. We'll wrap, on, wrap things up for today. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, the Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.